Arizona's first round tournament uh, game. The first round begins, uh, or the tournament begins on Thursday afternoon, one of those things, uh, in Sacramento against uh, Princeton. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in the sports zone by Cal, Kyle Franco of uh, tr- the uh, Trentonian.com. I'll get this right. I, maybe I got that right. Hopefully I got that right. Kyle, did I get that right, sort of, kind of, a little bit? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got it right. Uh, the Trentonian over here in uh, Mercer County, New Jersey. Um, you know, uh, look, looking forward to the NCAA tournament as well. Thanks for having me on. Our pleasure. Uh, let's start with. Uh, let's kind of go back to last year. You know, Princeton, uh, most believe was going to be the team that came out of the Ivy League and, and you know make the NCAA tournament. They lost that game last year in the conference championship. They beat Yale this season. So with this group of players uh, going to the NCAA tournament uh, for the first time, this group of seniors, is this a bigger deal than maybe some might think? Yeah, I, I think it's a, a thing with this group where that weighed on them. They had a really good team last year. Uh, yeah. Princeton, they won the Ivy League. They won the Ivy League title outright. They were the favorite. They had a team last year that, uh, you know, I certainly believe if it got into the tournament, it could, it could win a game. Um, you know, and maybe be two and be one of those Cinderella teams. Uh, a different team this year. Um, you know, those guys, a lot of those guys had to leave the program because they don't allow grad transfers in the Ivy League. So those guys are scattered all over the country. Um, so it's a little bit of a different team. They don't have as much shooting as they did last year, but it's, it's a more physical team. Uh, they're a team that, you know, can really rebound the ball. They're one of the top 10, um, ranked top 10 nationally in rebounding. And then, you know, last of all, they, they overcame that Yale hex. There was like this hex on them where Yale had beaten them in 10 of the last 11 games, had swept the regular season series, and that, that included a game where Yale rallied from 18 points down with eight eight and a half minutes left. Uh, and then Princeton finally beat them in that Ivy final. The game was played in Princeton. There were over 3,000 fans there. It was, it was a rocking atmosphere, the most people I've ever seen in that, that gym at one time. Um, and it's, it's certainly something that, that I think this, this group can be proud of, uh, that, that they're back in the NCAA tournament. It's been a little bit of a drought. They hadn't been there since 2017. And, and Princeton is certainly a team, when you think of Ivy League basketball, um, as one that is, is representing that league in the, in the NCAA zone, uh, much of the time. Yeah, I watched that game on on Sunday, and uh, you know it was uh, you know interesting. As you mentioned, uh, the, they lost the first uh, the two regular season games against Yale this season. So, other than the home court advantage, what really changed in that game, either style wise or why did Princeton re- pre- prevail in the third matchup? Well, the one thing they did is they took Tosana Woma, who is Princeton's best player. He's a he's a six eight forward, and they put him on John Polakaitis, uh from Yale. He's the he's the Yale guard. Polakaitis had averaged 24 and a half points in the two games against Princeton. He had made 13 of 16 threes in the two games. He had 30 in the game that Yale had won at Princeton. They took uh, Awoma, who's really a guy, uh, again, he's their best player. He can defend one through five. And they put him on Polakaitis and had him chase him around screens and fight over ball screens. And they really took him out of the game. He had, you know, he was two of seven. He finished with seven points. Uh, and then the other thing I thought that was really important in that game was Princeton got off to a great start. It scored the first 12 points of the game. So it was playing from in front, and then it was able to, to sort of hold off uh, Yale. Every time Yale tried to make a little run, Princeton was able to get a basket and then push the lead back to, to four, back to six. And I, and I thought that was uh, a key to the game as well. And, and they shot the ball well, too, did the Tigers. Um, you know, they made nine three-pointers, which is just a little bit over their average. 
Um, and that was, you know, that was a big thing in, in, in that game. Uh, and then certainly just, just beating Yale, I think, was, was something that, that they had to do. Yeah, I also noticed, you know, at least according to Ken Palm, you know, they have the 307th adjusted non-conference schedule. My guess is that, you know, because they were so good last year and, and you know, really in some recent years, that a lot of uh, you know, power conference opponents or possible conference power opponents don't want to play Princeton. Is that an accurate assessment on my part? That would be an accurate assessment on, on your part. That's a sour sour subject with, with the coach, Mitch Henderson. He's, he talked about it a lot this year. Uh, that it's not for a lack of trying. Uh, they, would, they would certainly love to play Rutgers. They would love to play Keaton Hall. Those games haven't been able to, to happen. They, they haven't been able to make them happen. Um, and, you know, and Mitch Henderson was hearing it from his alums that they weren't playing any high major or power conference opponents. Um, now, that doesn't mean they didn't play some competitive games. They played Iona on a neutral floor, who's an NCAA tournament team. They lost that game, but they, they had a 10-point lead in the second half. They played Hofstra, who won the CAA regular season and, and ended up losing in that conference tournament. So they played a couple teams, but yeah, I, I, your assessment would be correct that they did not play any high major competition. So it's, so it's tough to gauge you know, even now what they may look like when they go into a game against a, a team like Arizona. Talking Princeton basketball with Kyle Franco. All right, let's get into this. You know, like a lot of people, if uh, you know they haven't watched Princeton in recent years, they think Princeton and they think of you know like beating UCLA in the in the tournament in the mid '90s. I remember where I was watching that game in a in a sports bar in Wrigleyville in Chicago, and people were going wild, and they didn't have any allegiance to Princeton or UCLA. But uh, it was a, a crazy crazy night that night. But they don't play the quote Princeton offense anymore. More. They like to get up and down. They scored 79 points per game. Uh, so, you know, I assume this game on, on Thursday is going to be up and down because the U of A certainly likes to play up and down. Yeah, this is not your father's Princeton offense. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's how I describe it to people in that this is not, uh, you know, Princeton 43, UCLA 41, and, uh, you know, death by a thousand backdoor cuts where they're going to hold the ball for you know, 29 seconds and take one shot at the end, end of the clock. It's, it's not what that, that's not what this is. It's, it's much more dynamic. Uh, they will push the ball in transition. They will hunt shots. They will hunt three-point shots early in the, in the clock if available. Um, and, and the thing you'll see about this, that doesn't mean that the, the Princeton basic core principles are still there, right? You'll see them enter the ball at the elbow or the elbow extended, and that, that backdoor action is still there. It's just uh, much more dynamic, and, and you'll see as well, well when, they take, when they run offense, everything is going to run through this kid, Tosani Woma. He's a six yeah. foot eight forward from, from Newcastle, England. He's a point forward. He averages over four assists a game. Every time they come up in a half-court set, he is going to touch the ball. He's, he's, the way I describe it is he's the sun, and everybody else in, in the offense is, is like the planet in his orbit. Yeah, you know, so you know, how's you know, who do you think how how's he you know, U of A obviously has two big guys. How do you think he matches up against the U of A bigs and you know, a big part of that obviously is gonna be the point forward thing is that they've got to figure out how to guard him, huh? Yes. Uh well yeah, and and the thing about it, he's not a shooter, right? So he's only made nine three point shots all year. So then it becomes like well, do we do we stand off of him and, and give him space? Well if you do that, he can pick you apart with passes. Do we get up? You know, do we get up tight and take his, his passing vision away? And if, if you do that, he's got such great handle; he can put the ball on the floor and, and, and go past you. And that's what makes him uh, such 
such a tough matchup. And, and teams in the Ivy League have tried guarding him with, with everything. They've tried big guys. They've tried small guys to try and get up and, and pressure him. Um, and, and he's just, you know, and he's just so good because he's so unique as a player and uh, that there aren't any other teams in the country that are running their offense solely through a six foot eight point forward. Um, and, and, you know, if he could put it on the floor and he could take you off the dribble, he's very good around the basket, uh, finishes with both hands, and he's got an array of head fakes and pivots to, to keep you off balance. So he's just such a, a, a difficult matchup. And then if you help off of him, he'll throw it off out to shooters. And, you know, they're going to have to make shots. Princeton has to make shots. Um, to have a chance to win that game. But it's, it's certainly going to be an interesting matchup on who Arizona decides to, to put on him, whether they put one of the big guys on him or, or maybe play with a wing, you know, a, a wing player on him and, and see what that looks like. Yeah, my guess, my guess is that Henderson and Larson are going to be on him more than anybody else, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, they also, Princeton has five guys averaging 9.1 points or better, so there's certainly some balance in the scoring attack. Yeah, yeah, there is, and you know they have guys who have have played in big games before. You know, Ryan Langborg, who's a San Diego kid, was was a starter on that team last year that won the Ivy regular season title. Uh, you know, Matalaco was their sixth man. He's he's the starting point guard, if you will, this year. He'll be the guy who brings it up the floor. He's the guy who will get the assignment on Arizona's best, uh, you know, perimeter player. Um, you know, Caden Pierce is the Ivy League Rookie of the Year, who's who's really you know, a star in the making in that league. He had a double-double in uh, both of the Ivy League tournament games. He's, he's a terrific rebounder. Actually, he's a freshman leading the team in rebounds with 7.1 per game. But, you know, those guys are going to have to play well around the Walmart if Princeton's going to have a chance. And, and, I, and I wouldn't be surprised if they downsized on offense and tried to go small. Uh, you know, they're not big to begin with. Their biggest guy, that they rotation guy, is, is the starting center, uh, Keyshawn Calmey, 6'9", 250. But, again, I think they may try and downsize in this game and just put four guys on the perimeter around Tosan and, and let him work. And then if you help on him or, 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 you, or you dig down, he can throw it out to shooters. Uh, I would not be surprised to see that. Yeah, their defensive metrics, and I'm not the biggest metrics person in the world, but it's something to at least start at. I, I think, though, that the defensive metrics for you know, teams that are not in power conferences are you know, kind of misleading or maybe even close to worthless when you get to a matchup like this when they're stepping up in class, so to speak. So you know, how would you describe their defense? Yeah, that, that's, that's certainly an area of concern in this game because it can be leaky at times. They went through a stretch – uh, in the Ivy League, where they were given up uh, over 80 points per game, uh, Dartmouth scored 93 against them. Um, they had a they had a half at Yale, where Yale came out and scored 45 points in in the second half against. Scored 40, I think it's like 45. I think it's like 50 points in the second half against them. Um, so their defense has struggled at times. That would concern. That's a big concern of mine going into a, a game against a team like Arizona. That you know physically and athletically is bigger physically, is more athletic than them, and really likes to push the pace. And, uh, you know, Arizona, Arizona scores, it scores in the 80s. Um, you know, field goal percentage, they're in the top 20 nationally in three-point percentage and overall field goal percentage. Um, that, that's a tough – this is a tough matchup for Princeton. I thought when the draw came up, this was as tough a possible uh, pairing as they could have had in a 215 game. 
You know, watching again, it's a one game sample for me, but I was watching them on sun, Sunday. You know, they played you know, mostly man. I think they were trying to play some zone a couple of times, but Yale shot the ball so fast and didn't run their offense. I'm not sure if they were trying to play zone or not. They will, they will go. They've got a little 1 3 1 that they'll, they'll yeah. go to from, from time to time. That it's almost like a break glass in, in case of emergency defense. Um, you know, and what, they, and what they'll do is they'll put Toast on. At the head of that one three one, because he's long and, and athletic at six foot eight, um, and then they'll they'll try and trap the ball and and see if they can throw you out of rhythm. So that they, they do have that in their bag, but they're mostly a man to man team. Um, and again, that that could create some difficulty for them, particularly because Arizona again so big and so athletic. You know, they got Arizona's got two guys six eleven and, and seven foot are the two leading scorers. And if you're Princeton, you're probably looking at that and going, well, how do we match up with those guys? You know, our biggest guy is six foot nine. I will add one more thing. U of A's had some you know, not so good offensive performances against his own defenses this year, so maybe we'll see a little more zone from Princeton. Yeah, it's possible. Mitch Henderson's a very good coach, so I know he will he will have something in store to to try and make this game interesting and try and negate some of the advantages that that Arizona has. All right, so uh, they're gonna. One thing for sure is uh, Arizona has a ridiculous fan base as far as traveling in the West Coast, and they have a lot of alums in uh, the Bay Area. So it's gonna be uh, an Arizona crowd. So uh, is Princeton suited to come uh, play against a team that uh, against an opponent that has a large fan base, at least in their favor, for one day? Um. Look, I, I, Prince, I know Princeton wanted to get away from the East Coast, and they, they couldn't have possibly gotten a, a, a further yeah. trip. Uh, um, but, look, I'll, I'll just, you know, I say this, and I reminded people this the other day. A number 15 seed from New Jersey made the Elite Eight last season. So uh, Princeton should be going into this game and, and saying, hey, you know, why not us? And, and Arizona's approach should be, it's not going to be us. As, as in, we are not going to let Cinderella get started against us. Okay, so the point spread universally is 14.5. So do you think that uh, Princeton covers the 14.5? Uh, it's, it's a tough question. Um, I think Princeton will hang in the game, but, I, but Arizona is going to pull away late, uh, and I think Arizona covers the 14 um, you know, with, a late, with a late surge. But Princeton will hang around in this game for 30 minutes. Kyle, great stuff. Appreciate the information. Yep. Thanks. Have fun. Yep. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate it. Kyle Franco of the Trentonian.com.